0: is the Lord um, So possibly for you who is joining us for the very first time, um, during this month of October, we are going through a series on joy uh, based on the book of Philippians. so we started off last Sunday and um, we tackled what would basically call a background of the Book of Philippians, getting to understand where it all started, where the church started, and what are the circumstances that led Paul. Uh, into prison and also basically writing uh, the letter as it were and as it is even today uh, the letter to the church at Philippi and which we basically said is Paul's joy uh, letter. But even as we go into that today I know as a nation today uh, we are celebrating one of us. Praise the Lord. One who has done us proud, the man himself, Eliot Kipchoge and indeed it's one of those things that I know a majority of us downloaded the bundles, I was one of them. And we got to celebrate him. And, um, you know, many lessons were learned out of that. We were joking with a few pastor friends of mine and saying that some of our sermons had to change. Uh, And many churches I know today, their sermons have changed. So there's even the possibility of running this service for one hour and 59 minutes and 40 seconds, just in case, just to be at par. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Just to be at par. But I'd like us just to celebrate him by giving a hand clap. There was a slide, kindly. Uh, uh, just to let, you know, it's good to appreciate in absentia uh, the things that he has done for us as a nation. And truly we are proud uh, of this great, uh, this great achievement. But I know the lesson I'd like us to ask ourselves today, as you talk about joy in serving, you need to ask your neighbor, where are you in the marathon of serving? You know, just turn to them and ask him where are you in the marathon of serving Jesus you know where are you at you know yeah. who are your pacemakers who are pushing you you know who are pushing you on to serve one as if you you know and are you breaking the record in serving God you know are you breaking the record in serving God um, you know Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 says therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off uh, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Eliud fixed his eyes on the timer, but for us, we are fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, so consider him who endured such a position from sinners, so that you will not grow sorry for that, you'll not grow weary and lose heart. Praise the Lord. So we can learn out of it. and Is it okay? Okay, Yeah, so we can learn out of that. You know we need not to grow weary or lose heart, that we need to continue in this race of life. Praise the Lord. You know, possibly even as you're listening to me this morning, that's where you're at. You're already growing weary and losing heart. But the word of the Lord is to you that today, may you not grow weary or lose heart. Continue pursuing and trusting the Lord, that there is something he has set before you that truly can be your climax, can be the place that you are run into, and even as you trust the Lord for your life. And even today, as we said, last week we just did the first Chapter of Philippians, chapter 1, and therein we talked about the church as we saw from Acts chapter 16 how it began, how Paul landed in prison, and how he wrote this letter. And a few things we captured about joy in chapter 1 is that you know that we we are called upon to be a people who have and are able to experience joy in thanksgiving, joy in remembrance, people who are able to find joy in prayer because we say that joy is built on continual prayer. That we need to find joy in partnership, as Paul would say. We need to find that joy, the joy that we find also, that we need to seek the joy that is found when Christ is preached. But also the joy of living for God, or living in the purposes of God. But also joy that is present for us, even as we suffer for Christ. Praise the Lord. Even as we suffer for Christ. This week I've been thinking about joy. In light of joy being what I would call a multiplier. You know, when you think about multiplication, you see, it depends with what you multiply the number with. You can either multiply it with a higher number and you get a higher result, or multiply it with a lower number and get a lower result. And sometimes, even as you come to the place of serving, even as you come to a place of serving, it is the same. When you think about joy, when you multiply your serving with joy, do you get a higher number or do you get a lower number? And the Bible actually says in Psalm 100, verse 2, that serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with joy. Serve the Lord with joy. Come before... His presence with singing. One of the things that also strikes me about serving God is that when you read in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, it's normally this chapter that talks about blessings and curses. But there is something there in verse 47, should be verse 47, that says this. And Moses was speaking to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47. And it tells them that if you do not serve the Lord your God with joy. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received. That Moses was basically telling these people, there is something you have received from the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is something the Lord has done for you. And Moses was telling them that if you do not serve the lord your god with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received you will serve your enemies whom the lord will send against you you will be left hungry thirsty naked and lacking in everything the lord will put an iron yoke on your neck oppressing you harshly until he has destroyed you and this is a script I would say I'd never seen it that way. but just seeing that even in the beginning, in the beginning, God desired His people to serve Him with joy, to serve Him with joy. Having done greater things in their lives, having given them blessings, prospered them, God was calling on them to serve Him with joy. Praise the Lord. So this day we are going to be talking about joy in serving. Joy in serving. And one of the things you find in chapter 2 that Paul talks about in chapter 2 Paul gives examples of people who served with joy. So chapter 2 is all about examples of people who served. People who served with joy. And therefore Examples there. There is the example of Jesus, there is the example of Paul, there is the example of Timothy, and there is the example of Epaphroditus. That's what we find in chapter two. Examples of they who served with joy. That's what we get to capture in this chapter two. So we are going to read from Philippians chapter two, uh, verse one to thirty, and this is what it says. Reading from the New Living Translation. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare, that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, verse 12, You always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am aware, it is even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even as I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, Just like your faithful service is an offering to God and I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. Verse 19. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you're getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves. And not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has served with me in, the preaching, in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Verse 25. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epapoditas back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he suddenly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me. So that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you. For I know... You will be glad to see him. And then I will not be worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy. And give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ. And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Praise the Lord. And so in the first two verses we find um, that Paul in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 2. He basically asks about how the experience has been in the fellowship. Is there any encouragement in belonging to the fellowship? Any comfort? You know, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And then he says in verse 2, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. So what Paul is basically saying, that even as we serve together, Paul is saying, i like of you to be a people who are united, agreeing together, working together, loving one another, being of one mind and purpose. Even before he goes to give examples, he's basically saying our unity is important. Our unity is important. Out of the experience you've had in the fellowship, Paul calls them to a place of unity, even as they seek to serve the Lord. That they may serve the Lord with one mind and one purpose. Praise the Lord. That there is a joy that comes in when people are united. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, You know how beautiful it is when brothers are able to dwell together in unity. For therein the Lord commands a blessing. Praise the Lord. That the Lord is also telling us that when we serve together in a ministry, when we serve together in the places where God has placed you even in society, that your unity is very important. How you work together. How you love one another. How you consider your brother and sister. That is important towards achieving what God would desire of us in the area of serving. Praise the Lord. And so we go to the first example. And the first example that we find here is the example of Jesus. And this we find from verse 1 to 12. But even before we go into that, allow me to take you back to Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45. Because in Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45... Jesus teaches about serving. Jesus teaches about serving. Because out of this, this is the same way we are able to see now Paul giving his example about Jesus in the book of Philippians chapter 2. And what did Jesus teach about serving? That we are told in Mark chapter 10 verse 35, we are told about James and John who come to him who are the sons of Zebedee. These two are brothers. So they come over and they speak to him. And they tell him, you know, we want you to do us a favor. And he asked them, what is your request? And they say, you know, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in the place of honor. One of us to your right and the other one to your left. And something you need to learn here about Jesus and about these people is that serving is not sometimes about position. Praise the Lord. It's not about position. It's not sometimes about being favoured above others. Remember these two were brothers. I don't know what to call it, tribalism or what, you know. But they were brothers. <laughs> and they were saying, give us preference above the others. Above the other disciples. Favour us. We are the ones to sit here. And so that was their focus. And many of us, because we focus on position, because we focus on that we want to be favored, we lose the joy of serving. Praise the Lord. Hello. Some of us stopped serving because we are not given the chair's position. you. You are not given the secretary's position. You are not given the treasurer's position. And James and John came in that light looking for a position. And many times when we come in that mindset, even in the kingdom then some leave the place of serving because they came looking for a position. That is what James and John were looking for. And so to find joy in serving my brother, my sister, you must see beyond the position. I know friends who have lost it, who have even moved away from ministry because they were not called pastor. That's our world, I don't know about you. Because they were not called are not recognized. Just we joke with my friends. <laughs> you did not recognize the anointing. <laughs> and some, to be sincere, they have left the flock, the ministry. Because maybe they were looking for position. And you possibly even may be here and that's your place. Because you looked for position. For preference. Above the others. Because I say this is what Paul talks about when you come to chapter 2. And we are told that the disciples actually hear this in verse 41 of Mark chapter 10. You know, and we are told that they actually become indignant. You know, they actually become angry. And actually in verse 42, you are told that Jesus calls them together and says, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. And so Jesus is basically telling them, By the way, the world's view is different. The Punguza Muzigo was still there, even in those days. They were still loading over their people. That's the world view of service. To load over their people, to flaunt is to boast over their people, to boast of their authority. And Christ is basically telling them, you should be different. And he says in verse 43 of Mark chapter 10, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant that Christ was telling, was telling them, you know, when you compare the world and kingdom service, you need to be different. You need to be different. You need to be a servant leader. Whoever wants to be first, verse 44 among you, must be the slave of everyone else. And in verse 45 he says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give his life As a ransom for many. And when I read this verse this week. What I asked myself. Why did I come? Why did I come to this world? The son of man himself. Jesus Christ. Came not to be served. But to serve others. And you need to ask yourself. That hard question. Why did I come to this world? Why did I come to this world? The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And so when Paul is giving this example, now going to Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11, we see Paul saying in verse 5, that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. An attitude of joy. An attitude of joy. Because this is what he taught And this is what he lived. And that is why Paul is making reference and saying you must be like Christ. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. An attitude of joy. But secondly, we learn about Jesus. That Christ went beyond position in Philippians chapter 2 verse 6. That though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Are you still clinging to the position? Praise the Lord. Are you still clinging to the position? Are you still clinging to it? Christ Jesus, though he was equal with God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Christ saw beyond the position. And that gave him joy. That gave him joy. Some of us positions have been a barrier. They have put a blockage on us to move forward. But Christ himself saw beyond the position that he was equal with God and yet he did not cling to that. That's the example of Christ. But also more than that, we find in verse 7 of Philippians chapter 2. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. And there are some times when serving will call on you to give up some certain privileges. Praise the Lord. I know when the allowance is removed from you, it also goes with your joy. When your pay sleep is no longer showing entertainment allowance, your joy goes with it hardship allowance, your joy goes with it. But Christ himself gave up the privileges that he had. He still found joy to serve his father. I know these things happen in the offices. To see Lippert, you know, if you are not paid, we will not go. We will not do. But there are times if it calls on you for that, Christ, we are told, instead he gave up, actually his were divine, live even material, praise the Lord. His privileges were divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. Humility. Born as a human being, appearing in a human form. Humbled himself in obedience to God. There are times God speaks to you to serve someone, to do something. But yet, you're not obedient. But you're told that Christ, as an example, he was obedient to God. Died a criminal's death on a cross. And we are told that out of that in verse 9, therefore, some of us have not reached our therefore. Bonus if you We have not reached your therefore. Why? Because you're still holding to the privileges. You're still holding to the position. But may God help you to understand there is a place called therefore. We are told that therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. There is a place in serving called therefore that the Lord rewards you when you reach that place. That the Lord lifts you up because of your humility. And Christ is an example of one who served in this manner. That Paul says, therefore, out of his service, out of his humility, out of doing away with the privileges, therefore, God elevated him. Has your promotion not come because you're still holding on and you have not reached your place of therefore? Praise the Lord. Because Paul says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above all other names. Christ was a servant. He was humble. He did not hold on. He did not cling to his position. Therefore, God exalted him. The Bible says the Lord exalts those who are humble. And one of the things we'll see out of places of service, many a times the Lord is looking at our humility, at our obedience, at our sacrifices. Christ himself was sacrificial in his service. That he died like a criminal, death on a cross as we have seen in verse 8, humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. That he was sacrificial In what he was doing. But then when you come to the example of Paul. Which is our second example from verse 12. We are told that Paul says in verse 14. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Do everything without complaining and arguing. This is a place of maturity. Paul I must say in the same manner. Had an attitude of joy. Had an attitude of joy. He did everything without complaining and arguing. I know you have been in groups or in ministries or places of service. And I hope and pray you're not in this church or in another place out there. One as if you that you're not the ones who complain and argue. That even sometimes people are a challenge to have you in their group or even to serve with them. Because, you know, I hope you're not that. And Paul says that as we serve with joy, we need to be there who do not complain or argue. So that no one can criticize you. That they'll not talk about you. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Paul was saying, and this was him, he had an attitude of joy, doing everything without complaining and arguing. Walking in obedience. But then Paul says this in verse 16, run this race faithfully to the end. Because he says in verse 16, hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain. And my work and my service Was not useless. That is the example of Paul is giving about himself, about serving. Run in this race till the end. Run in your marathon of serving. Bonus if you. (laughs) Till the end. Till the end. And he said that my work or my service may not be rendered useless. That I did something. And so Paul is saying, look at my example. Look at my example. But also in verse 17 and 18, he talks about sacrificial service. That he says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And Paul is saying that, learn from me about sacrificial service. Laying down your life for others. Humbling yourself to do something for others, and he says, you know, I want you to share in this joy, that you should rejoice, and I will also share in your joy. This was the example of Paul. But I know that even as we think about Philippians, I think about service, and I still see Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 9, because there are things he talks about, and I think these are the places where he's coming from. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just to go out a bit from Philippians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 5 to 9, Paul had this perspective about serving. Because in verse 5, this is what Paul says, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants, through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. So Paul was basically saying, though, who is Paul? I'm not after a title, praise the Lord. I'm not after being recognized or being known in the world. Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Because sometimes we serve with that mindset that they may know. But Paul was saying, who is Apollos? You know, who is Paul? We are just God's servants whom you believe the good news each of us did the work the Lord gave us. That Paul understood his place of serving. What God had called him to do. And he says in verse 6 of the same 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollo's watered it, but it was God who made it grow. That as you serve, it is important you're able to acknowledge your role, and what is the role of God. What is the role of God? Praise the Lord. Because when you fail to understand that, you may misuse the water. Apollos, watered. Paul, planted. God made it grow. Don't try and water if your work is to plant. Praise the Lord. You may waste our water. Paul understood that. That everyone in serving, there is a place that you play. And you need sometimes to acknowledge and yeah, this is what God has called me to do. Because if you don't do that, then you create a crisis. You create a crisis. And Paul was basically saying that you need to acknowledge your role and God's role in your serving. But then, in the same 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. Beyond Paul and Apollos, the most important is that what's important is that God makes the seed grow that is humility that is humility and this was Paul as an example and he still goes on to say the place of unity in verse 8 the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work for their own service and this was Paul as an example That there is joy in unity of purpose, even as we saw him talking about it in Philippians chapter two, verse one and two. And so we have seen the example of Jesus and of Paul. And now allow me to give you the example of Timothy. And this you find from Philippians chapter two verse nineteen to twenty four. That Paul talks about Timothy, and he says about Timothy in verse twenty I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares for you. And so you need to ask yourself, even as you serve, are you genuine in your service? Or do you have other motives? Because Paul, in giving the example of Timothy, he was saying, this one serves me genuinely. And that is why he continues to add and say what? That all the others care only for themselves, in verse 21, and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. And so Paul was able to give an example of Timothy and say, you know, Timothy is an example of genuine service. Timothy today would put him in care ministry because you are told that he cared genuinely. That was his ministry. But also, the other thing you find about this Timothy, he was a young person. And it's to say that we can still serve the Lord when we are young. Praise the Lord. Ministry or where you are serving or where God calls you to serve You should not be limited by your age And that is why Paul says You know know how Timothy has proved himself in verse 22 Like a son with his father Age should not be an issue Don't serve the Lord when you have retired Praise the Lord Serve the Lord now when you are young Ministry is not for retirement people As much as that you may be in this place but you know you can still serve at your age and you'll see the next example. But then don't say, let me wait. If you have the energy today, God is calling on you at the age you are at that you can serve the Lord. Don't sit there and say when I retire is when I will. Serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because I know many a times the Lord has called us to his service. And Paul was saying he has proved himself like a son. But one of the things you also know is that you know, sons and slaves are different. Sons and slaves are different. And Paul was basically saying, serve like a son. A son has ownership to the service of God, a son takes responsibility. A son is not all about what they'll get at the end of the day. A son is willing to see that their house is in order. Sometimes the slave will wait for some payment. But a son will be committed. And that is why Paul says, be different. Be like a son in serving. Commit yourself. Because one of the things you know about serving is about yielding yourself fully to the master. So seek to serve as a son. Sons serve differently. And Paul was saying, be like Timothy. He's been to me like a son. With his father. With his father. And this, Paul says, be like Timothy. Genuine service. What is the motive of your service? Serve at a young age. Serve like a son. Take responsibility. Commit yourself to your master. Because we are serving Christ. The last example that Paul gives is the example of Epaphroditus. And this we read from verse 25 to 30. But you find therein, Paul says this about Epaphroditus, And he says in verse 25 that this man is a true brother, a co worker, and a fellow soldier. In your serving, are you a true brother or a fake brother? Are you a co worker? Or a co-spoiler. Are you a fellow soldier in the service to God? Because Paul was giving this example and saying, no, this guy is a true brother in serving God. He's a co-worker. I love serving with him. He's a fellow soldier. I can depend on him when we go to war that he's a fellow soldier. And Paul was saying, look at this example. We saw the pacemakers yesterday. know, Are you a co-worker? Are you a fellow soldier? Are you a true brother? In serving together with us and serving together with where the Lord has placed you, with the people that the Lord has placed along your way. And I think in my view that this man was an older person because in verse 29 Paul says this, that welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor That people like him deserve. That people like him deserve. Moses was 80 years old when the Lord called him in the burning bush experience. And that is why I was saying that even at your age, you can seek to serve. You can seek to serve. You can seek to serve. Many other scriptures stand out there about service, as I conclude. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58 would say this. That therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give yourself fully. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24 says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Work for the Lord. Don't look at people. Don't work for people as you serve. Sometimes they'll fail you. But he says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give an inheritance as your reward. And that the master you are serving is Christ. The master you are serving is Christ. And Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 says Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their works, according to their deeds. According to their service. What shall be your reward? What shall be your reward? But my prayer today is that we may respond as we find in Joshua chapter 24. That truly in verse 14 and 15 we find that Joshua is speaking to the children of Israel. And he tells them that now fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness. In Joshua chapter 24 verse 14. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Are you serving the gods or are you serving God? And he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But Joshua said, And this is my prayer, that this would be our response. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And we are told that out of this, when you read from verse 16 to 18 of the same chapter, the people responded and said, Far it be from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And they too responded in verse 21 and said, and the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. The Lord is calling on you and me, my brother, my sister, to come to the place of service. To come into the place of joy in serving. The Lord is looking at you and me. As it were in the days of old and even now, He is calling on you and me to come to the place of serving Him. Where the Lord has placed you, be it in ministry and even in society, but even much more as we desire people to serve in the ministry, the Lord is looking at you and saying, Will you respond and say, As for me and my house, we will serve. Praise the Lord. May we bow our heads. When sorrow comes my way, you are.